1: Welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Uh, Spring
0: training's going on, Daryl. That's what's going on.
1: And are you doing anything else but watching baseball, or are you just lazing around? No. (laughs) (laughs) Is
0: (laughs) that all you talk about? You know what? Because, yes, it's all I talk about right now. And you know I'm a true diehard when Saturday and Sundays I can watch spring training baseball games that absolutely mean nothing. Yeah, it's good. I hope you're learning something. If the
1: rest of us out there who are still working, welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. If you're new to the podcast, you've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, bringing true value, doing the hard work. We call it Selling from the Heart. And uh, Larry, that was a fantastic conversation last week with Morgan Ingram. I just, I loved, I loved, uh, I loved the points he brought to the table. And, and if you missed last week, definitely go back um, Morgan's the real deal. And that, that was really cool.
0: Thanks Morgan for being a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hats off. Cause he brought up some really great tips on, on SDR. And, and I, the one that I really like is just stop the excuses. He was just, just do it. Just stop excuses and just do it.
1: Yeah. It was fantastic. I, I think, uh, whether you're in the SDR position or, or you're like all of us, which are responsible for developing that new business. Uh, you're going to love that podcast. But boy, today's conversation flows right into that. Uh, we've got the guru of B2B sales himself, the founder of Sales Hacker, uh, the VP of marketing for Outreach.io. Larry, set up our guests and let's dive into what's going to be an incredibly great conversation. Today. Well, you already,
0: dude, you already set it up. <laughs> hey, I'm serving you a softball. Oh, so without further ado, Max. Alt Schuler, welcome to Selling from the Heart, since Daryl already took all my thunder away. I'll just introduce (laughs) you like that. How's that? Thank you. Appreciate it. Guru B2B sales. My head is like floating away
2: right now. It just just blew me up. My girlfriend's a Sales hacker is awesome,
1: and I appreciate all you've done in the B2B space. But we're going to talk about a lot of really great things today. But I'm curious, as we ask all of our guests, um, and I'm, I'm curious to you, when you hear the word Selling from the Heart, what does that mean to you?
2: When you, you know, we said that um, earlier. I was like, "Hey, the first thing that came to mind was Tommy Boy." <laughs> you ever got that on this show? When oh boy. Tommy can't sell anything, and then he wants wings, but the fryer's <laughs> not on, and so he's like, he convinces the lady to turn the fryer back on and give him his wings. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like he he finally was passionate about the thing that he was selling, and he went right. from not being able to sell anything and just botching it completely to now being a master of his craft. I think you just really have to be passionate about what you sell and then it, yeah. it comes through naturally. So selling from the heart is is easy about finding the right thing that you're, you're passionate about and then doing it justice in the sales process. And I think like that's where a lot of people fail is they're not passionate about what they're selling. It makes it really hard to sell something. And yeah. the other person I could smell it from a mile away. It's like, this person doesn't really care. So that's, That's right. True. Yeah. We call well, you it know it, 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 <laughs> but yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> but no, it's it's interesting because you just you just keyed in on something that I talk about all the time is people can smell people smell it. There's this it's hard to explain, Max, but people can just smell well two things. They can smell sincerity the minute you walk in the door, but they can smell BS the minute you walk in the door. Yeah. 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 It's so true.
2: Anybody ever come up with the the Tommy Boy reference on here or no?
0: No, you're um, you're the I first you're one,
2: the top, which is hard to believe, right? Tommy, like Wingy. I mean, it's like <laughs> how is that nobody that's the
1: best? <laughs> 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 no, uh, we've had several Glen, Gary, Glen Ross references throughout the past episodes, but I think you have uh, now broken in the Tommy boy, uh, which is which is I'm happy for that. That's yeah. a, uh, classic. But uh, talking about passion, I know uh, it, that you are passionate about a topic and that topic is sales enablement. And by the way, congratulations on the book that came out this week. What great timing. Um, tell us about uh, a little bit about the book on uh, sales engagement. Sorry. Yeah. Were you passionate about sales engagement? Um, tell us about that book and, and kind of where it came from and, and what your, what, what, what message people are going to get when they read it.
2: Yeah. So um, I'm the founder and CEO of, of sales hacker. I've been doing that for the past five years. Um, it's, it's a, uh, an online educational resource for all things B2B sales, but I'm also the VP of marketing at outreach. We sold sales hacker to outreach in August. And one of my things, um, and my, my key pieces of that acquisition was able, we'll, we'll never allow sales hacker to become biased. We want to make sure it's an educational resource for and a community for B2B salespeople going forward. And, um, that was a no brainer all around joined outreach. Now I'm the VP of market outreach and we are, we are the leading sales engagement platform. And what that means is we allow you to in- interact and engage with your prospects, customers, your buyers in ways that you couldn't have done before with insights that tie back to um, in- enforce and enable your decisions for your next best, next best actions. So what I mean by that is you know, right now in your sales process, you send an email and then, mm-hmm. you know, you, 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 you know, you call them up, you leave a voicemail, but there might not be any like rhyme or reason to what you do, why you do it, when you do it. You don't know. You don't have the insights. And if you can't measure, then you can't optimize. There's no way to continue to optimize something if you can't measure it. So for us, we do what's called sequences. Mm-hmm. And um, you can, on day one, maybe call, leave a voicemail. On day two, send an email that alludes to that voicemail on uh, day three, connect on LinkedIn, send a LinkedIn message, things like that. And that's called a sequence. Now you have all these types of insights. You know, what happened with the phone call? What happened with the email? Did somebody read it? Did somebody respond to it? Was the sentiment good or bad? You start adding up these things and you tie it all together. And what you have is this omni-channel approach to mm-hmm. engaging your buyer and your customer. So now you're, you're not just focused on phone. You're not just focused on email. but You're focused on all these different channels, whether it's one-to-one video, direct mail, uh, LinkedIn chat is even a channel now Mm -hmm. uh sms is a a channel now voicemails phone you know you name it it's tied all together you have the insights Mm -hmm. and you have this entire omni-channel strategy and that's what sales engagement is and so we wrote a book on the best practices around a b testing all of your messaging Mm -hmm. and allowing your team to clone your best reps so what i mean by that is if you have somebody on your team that sends a killer message or has a killer, you know, phone call dialogue or Mm -hmm. a really good sequence or way of doing things. You can see that because you're measuring everything, you're getting all the insights from it. And then you're able to take that and replicate it across your team. So you're cloning your best rep every time. And so um, sales engagement, I think is, is where the future of sales is going. It is adding a level and a layer of science to your sales process Mm. and the art isn't gone. The people who have been doing this for a long time, the the 20 year sales veteran, the things that they know are still hyper relevant, but they're giving now tools and the ability to measure so that they can continue optimizing Their craft, So they know what works, knows, know what doesn't. And um, so that's what we're writing about. Yeah. Oh
1: man, I can't wait. I want, I want an early copy of that book. I'm really looking forward to reading it. And I think it's so smart to be able to um, analyze and track the effectiveness of, of sales conversations. I was in a meeting um, with our team at Convergo earlier this week and we were analyzing, uh, well, sales sequences going out and prospecting and, you know, boom, all of a sudden there's one email that just has, a much higher open rate than all the other ones. And so, you know, we've never really had this before, right? We just sprayed and prayed, but now we have the ability and the technology to be able to look back and go, Hey, (laughs) you know, what if we did this? And Mm -hmm. it's like a whole new level of optimization and, and it's so exciting. um,
2: what's, what's happening out there right now. And, um, There needs to be education around it. I think that's where, um, that's where the issue right now is: is that these modern technologies exist. We want to bridge the gap, um, yeah. you know, for the for the up and comers who are learning it from scratch, and the people that have been doing sales for the past twenty years. Yeah, it's how do we teach everybody some of the best practices? I mean, obviously, we uh-huh. we drink our own champagne here, and we use yeah. you know, our platform, but um, we've got a data, we got a seven or eight person data science team whose sole goal is to help us uncover all these these different kind of trends that we get from all the the anonymous data that you know we're able to collect so, so cool. you know you send out a billion b2b sales emails you're gonna know if there's a better time of day to send an email to an executive right like yeah saturday afternoon a better time to send an email to an executive of at a fortune 500 company than you know monday morning yeah you know, and those types of things so,
1: yeah yeah And go ahead Well, I just think it's interesting because if you look at the business world we operate in right now, we've got a lot of different uh, personas that we call them, but also a lot of different generations. And I'm I'm looking at the video right now uh, as we're recording this podcast, we've got, you know, Larry here who barely squeaked into the baby boomers. Uh, you know, he's still faxing stuff in and, and reading paper books. I'm squarely. I'm <laughs> thanks, I'm dude. Like, I a, appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> hey, you do it with pride, man. It's good. Mm-hmm. And I'm a I'm a diehard Gen X guy. You know, I I started my career in 1993 and walked into the sales uh, sales bullpen. They handed me a box full of business cards and uh, a box full of prospects on three by five cards. And I drove over to Office Depot. And I said, "This is ridiculous," and bought my first laptop. And we've got, yeah, we've got a millennial on the call as well. Who's deeply involved in, in technology. And I think, you know, one of the challenges now you look at a buying team that, that we call on and we've got all these different generations um, and all these different personas. I know we've, we've got to communicate with our buyers in a way that they want to be communicated
2: with. And it's different, isn't it? There's there's more channels uh, available than ever before. There's Crazy. more information out there than ever before. People mm-hmm. want answers faster than ever before. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, it, technology changes things and technology changes fast. So yeah. we got to keep up with it. And, um, you know, I think like the, that definitely favors some of the younger generations in terms of their ability to keep up with the technology because they're native to it. You know, if you, uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: if you um, graduated high school in the last, you know, five to 10 years, you're probably native to being able to record video on your phone. Like right. that's pretty insane. Right. So like, right. if you're good at that, if you could nail that, imagine sending somebody a personalized, like one to one video, you're probably better at that right. than somebody, you know, who's been in the sales game for 30 years and is, is just now, you know, still starting to understand that. Like you didn't, you weren't born with that. You were brought up yeah, with exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Same it's thing kind of like with social networks. I the Jetsons on Saturday morning.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. Like- but, but no, but, but on all serious. Okay. You just brought up something that hits a chord with me because I absolutely love the Jetsons. And I remember <laughs> as
1: a kid. They're, they're, okay.
0: We're going to tie the Jetsons in on this one, Max. Yeah, hell yeah. But- <laughs> Tommy boy and the Jetsons. We're just lining it up. Good. No, if you seriously, if, Whoever, even you can go watch it on YouTube now. But I remember watching the Jetsons as a kid and going, "There's no way any of this stuff's ever going to happen, right?" Yeah, and ninety percent right. of the what's happened on the Jetsons cartoon has happened today, except for maybe flying cars, right? And I'm right. sure that'll be around that the the corner. But you know, hey. the thing we were talking about this before the podcast, Max, is you know, you take somebody who's a traditional sales rep who's been in the business for. 20, 25 years, and they're going, okay, how does this all tie together, right? And I think that's the biggest confusion out there is, hey, if if phone and email and some of the traditional ways that you've always been doing things doesn't work, or it doesn't work that well like it used to, you got to start blending this stuff in and adapt. And I think that, just I'm just speaking from... Just experience is yeah. playing devil's advocate on this is, you know, they really got to start understanding how to leverage tech a to help them do their job better, but to yeah. drive conversations yeah. the way that people want to drive a conversation.
2: Well, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot and a lot of things about people who um, have been doing this for a while. And like, oh, don't tell me that phone and email don't work. Your phone and email will work fine for me. Well, I, have you tried the other channels? Have you tested it? Yeah. Are you measuring like it's all relative? Like it could right. work. But, holy shit, your world could be completely yeah. awakened if you tried the other channels also just because it's working now doesn't mean it's going to keep working it is it is obvious that phone and email and even LinkedIn messaging now are getting saturated as a new channel opens and people flow to it. Mm-hmm. it gets saturated and you don't want any more messages on there like a year and a half ago, LinkedIn was a great place to you know connect and and, and talk to people now, I get like twenty or thirty messages a day that are like sales pitches or either in emails or people that connected with me under like false pretenses or whatever or had been connected with me for a long time. It's getting saturated. Same thing with email, email, super saturated email. I heard this the other day. Somebody was like, yeah, you know, email is super saturated because it doesn't cost you anything to send an email. Imagine if we had, uh, imagine if it cost you like 50 cents to send somebody an email, like, Do you think we'd still spray and pray the same way that we do right now, right? now, like, that's what we do. Right. So if the same, the cost the same as sending a package, we wouldn't do that. Maybe it should, maybe one day, it will maybe one day, like you'll just be able to tack that onto your Gmail or something like that. Just say, like, yeah. I want to charge people. I don't know to get through to me and <laughs> yeah, uh, the not, exactly. not going to go straight to a spam folder. And yeah. It was, yeah, like, you know, so, um, phone calls are the same thing. Like they don't, they don't cost you anything. I mean, you can, you know, do not call this and GDPR right. and CCPA and things like that, that are starting to exist that are, mm-hmm. are going to taper it down. But, um, you're always going to have to be figuring out like what, what's, thinking quarters ahead in sales, right? It's like, what is the next thing? What's pipeline? Well, in this case, it's like, what, what what am I going to have to be playing on in two to three years? If email and phone are completely saturated and there are all these other channels that people are living on, right? There's the entire, your customer base is all on LinkedIn. So how do you get through them? Yeah. Your customer base, you know, it could be more receptive to, um, one to one video or direct mail. How do you react to that? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, I brought this up in you know kind of our pre call, but you know if you're selling to somebody in ops and they look at two computer screens all day, right? Yeah, calling them and leaving voicemails is not the best way yeah. to reach them. They're sitting in front of two screens versus a salesperson screen. or executive who lives out of their phone. Right. You know? So you, you just need to to make sure you're trying the right channels. And again, if you you're not testing it, but like you say, oh, this has always worked, so that it'll keep working for me. I think you're like you're going to hit a wall at some point, or you're just not you're just not taking advantage of modern technology. It'd be like if you were doing door to door sales and you're like, "Yeah, I'm plenty successful." The phone was existed, like, or invented, and then you know your competitor was like, "Well, we're going to use the phone." And you were like, "No, nah, I'm doing fine. Door to door is fine." It's like, right. "Well, okay, you just your total addressable market when you're doing door to door is a is a mile." around your house right but you're right. totally market when you're using the phone there's everybody in the world that has a phone right. yeah so would you really turn that down that an unfair advantage down like you could be doing just fine but you're comparing it against door to door not comparing right. it against modern
0: technology yeah yeah and, and and what's funny about this whole thing is the banter the social banter that goes <laughs> on between yeah. camps and things like that absolutely drives me bonkers yeah, for one. But then, I mean, here's some, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this is all the people out there says, you know, technology is great. We live in a tech driven world, right? And so forth. How do you still humanize what we do in sales in a tech driven world? Well, so it's, more, it's, not,
2: it's more information out there than ever before, yeah.
0: which is great. So the buyer has more
2: options. They want more information. They want more information from you faster. So they want to use chat. They want to use review sites, all these other things that exist now but you also have more information than ever before. Right. You can be more human than ever before. Yeah. I think there's obviously that line. And we, you know, I, I've had this conversation on podcasts for five years. Like as we got more information, we had to understand like where what's creepy, what's not right. So, you know, don't talk about people's kids is yeah. it's too, too personal, you know, but like right. talking about somebody's favorite sports team or something something relevant to them talking about, um, you know, the other day I was helping out the sales team and we were, um, well I was looking at the buyers LinkedIn page mm-hmm. and I saw in his description that in his geo, he was like really big on um doing local events for salespeople because he, you know, mm-hmm. he, they needed to hire like crazy. Big company. Mm-hmm. So I reached out as a VP of marketing and was like, Hey, um, you know, would love to come and set some like sales events up in your area. You guys could mm-hmm. use it for recruiting, we could use it for you know, getting in front of customers, let's team up on it. We'll put you on a pedestal, like make you the man, make you like the, you know, local influencer, blah, blah. blah. So like, all right, I just found a thread to pull on, like something that was really interesting to this person. And as a marketer, you know, I have budget to spend on, you know, local events in these geos, but these things aren't expensive. I cover, you know, we get a a space donated to us, or we do it at that office. Mm -hmm. And then I cover, you know, uh, beer, wine, and salads and pizza, you know, I'm, I'm in it right. for like two, 300 bucks to get in front of a good audience.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm down
2: All the time. That's easy. And you know, you get a conversation going where it's like finally you found something that that like this person was that added value to this person's yeah. life. Yeah. It's the information that's available to you on the internet. There's no, there's no, nothing extra you need from that. So you can still humanize things at scale. Um, and you, and you can scale it, you know, it's just, you have to track, you have to get insights. You have to, you know, you have to use a platform that ties it all together yeah. so that you know where you can optimize.
1: Larry, I want to turn that on its head too, because we say, how do we humanize technology? But using technology is humanizing it. And here's, here's what I mean by that. You know, if I want to communicate with my kids, I have to use Snapchat and, and I don't like Snapchat. I know it's not my preferred method of communication. I don't even think I'm good at it. I always slide the wrong way and click the wrong button, but it really doesn't matter. If I want to communicate with my kids, the way that I communicate is in their preferred mode of communication. So I have Snapchat on my phone. I've learned to, um, take, you know, distorted pictures of myself and, uh, you know, it gets through, um, to my kids. And I think, um, you know, if you look at your clients the same way, right, if you're selling to the 55 year old executive, yeah, maybe make a phone call. But if you're selling to the IT manager or, uh, yeah, IT guy that's sitting behind two, three, four or five screens, you know, communicate with them in the, in the, in the way they're going to want to be communicated with. Experiment with it, figure it out um, and be open to the fact that it's probably going to change. And, and this is what I love about what you're doing, Max, is you're sitting there looking at this going, okay, you know, let's just be students of our buyers. Let's figure it out. Let's, let's measure it and let's see what's working and let's adapt. And, um, boy, I, the, in today's world, we communicate on so many different platforms. I mean, my, I've run out of, I don't have enough spaces on the home screen of my phone for all the different apps that I communicate on now. It's yeah. crazy. And so what makes us think as sales reps, we can get away with using email and the phone and a little bit of LinkedIn here and there and reach everybody, you know, we got, we've got to get creative. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So man, I, yeah. So what, what, I mean, what do you say to, okay. So, so let's, let's say we've got the, here's the deal. I mean, the tenured sales reps out there, Um, and, and we work with a lot of tenured sales reps and, and, you know, a lot of times there's a major stiff arm to all of this, um, because, Hey, let's face it. If you're a tenured sales rep, you got to where you were, you built a very solid career based on a a set of assumptions that were good for a long time, but may no longer exist. What do you, what do you say to that tenured sales rep who's in their fifties, maybe even
0: sixties? That's okay. And you can throw my name into that one since you're, you're kind of pointing at me.
1: I was kind of being kind to Larry. I didn't want to be, you know, have age discrimination or anything going on here, but what do you say to Larry? Um, know, seriously, I mean, I mean this sincerely because there are a lot of, a lot of, um, sales reps in the, in the last third of their career, um, that are looking at this and are feeling quite overwhelmed. Um, you know, how do, how do you, If, if, okay, let me phrase it this way. If you're a, if you're an older sales rep um, and you've gotten to this point using a set of assumptions and you're open-minded enough to go, you know what, maybe what's got me here won't get me where I need to go. What do you say to that person who wants is open-minded enough to start to change uh, the way they do things? Where, Where do you start? How do you do that?
2: Yeah. So, you know, start reading some, some modern sales books, newer ones. Mm -hmm. I wrote one on hacking sales and this one on sales engagement for that very reason to just get Mm -hmm. people up to up to speed on what technology lies out there and how to leverage it. I think, you know, a a lot of the the newer books, you know, Jeb's books, um, Mm -hmm. uh, even like, um, Aaron Ross's book is from his time at Salesforce, like almost like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of these newer kind of like, all right, let's, let's figure out how to build repeatable processes. Right. Um, you know, those are very interesting. I think that, um, what would I tell them? I mean, Larry, when you started your career, LinkedIn probably didn't exist, right? No, so like Max, <laughs> but, but LinkedIn exists now and you're all over it. Right. So like, yeah, you, I had to
0: adapt. I I adapt to it, but I was, but I was open-minded to it as yeah. I, was, I was one of those rare people that just, I saw some of the things.
2: Would you know, say that if you didn't, your career would be very different than it is today?
0: Very different. There you
2: go. So very like, different technology changes and you have to adapt. And the ones who don't yeah. want to adapt are just going to be left in the past. And you could have a very great, you could have a very nice career yeah. just doing phone and email. My, my father's a financial advisor. does not need more than that? Like he's got phone and email. He's not on LinkedIn. He's not doing any other stuff. Like right. it's account management. It's, it's, business development and account management. Mm -hmm. It's build a relationship with someone and go really deep on, you know, 20, 50, hundred, 150 relationships. But if you're in sales and you're, you know, you want to, you want to be in sales in 10 years or five years from now, you got to adapt to the, the modern technology and it's just what it is. So, it, it depends. If you don't want to, try and find an AM role or a BD role or something like that, where you don't have to focus on a lot of accounts and it's really just about the human connection—you know, one-to-one deep relationship. Yeah, yeah you got to engage.
1: I, I don't you know. I'm not buying that though, because I, even in an in an AE role or account manager role, you've you've got. I mean, we all know there's multiple buyers and influencers in every account, and they're you know a lot, and they they span the that they oh, go yeah. across the spectrum of ages and roles and, and different oh, yeah. like that.
2: We, we use our, we use our platform for our AEs and CSMs and AMs yeah. and everything. But I think yeah. like, I, I think I, I, and I, you know, and I'm not saying AE here, I'm saying just BD, you've got, you've got, you know, five new relationships to open up. Yeah. You know, it, it's, I would still use a platform that ties it all together, but I wouldn't focus on the channels as much. I wouldn't care as much about the channels Mm -hmm. um, because you're having a lot more face-to-face and email conversations. I would still, no matter what I'm doing, if I'm selling something, have a platform that allows me to optimize my messaging. Um, But I think if it's, if it's very few relationships and just going deeper, that'd be the only reason why Mm -hmm. I'd advise anyone to say uh, it's okay that you will have a job in 10 years. Don't worry about it. But yeah, use it. honestly won't, if you don't, you know, if you, if, if you don't adapt, I mean, like LinkedIn was one of those things. Yeah. I'm not saying you need to be a one-to-one video pro, but like it could right. be a channel in the next few years mm-hmm. that, you know, if, if you don't adopt, you might be in the past as, as email and phone, just continue to get more saturated. And, you know, we're in a, a bull market right now. More companies are being hatched than ever before. All those yeah. companies have sales teams, Yep. we're selling the people that you're approaching yep those people are getting more email they're getting more phone calls they're getting more voicemails so how are you gonna how are you gonna react how are you gonna go and, and get creative and get yeah. in a different way
1: yeah well and I think one of the things that that uh, you your reps can do is and Larry's always advocating taking your reps out to lunch and or your clients out to lunch and asking them how you added value but I think another great question to ask during that lunch is how do you, you know how do you Prefer to be communicated with. Like, what is what is your communication pattern? Especially, um, you know, if you're selling to teams and you've got a, a wide variety of people on those teams, like get some insight from some of your best clients, um, and and keep doing that because one thing we know is, you know, someone right now while we're on this podcast is there's a there's coders writing the next platform we're going to be communicating on, right? Yeah. And
2: it, it's it's going to keep shifting. It's and, hard to get in touch. But when yep. you do, I completely recommend, say you know, after that first conversation saying, how would you like to be, how would you like to, you know, keep in touch? Like, you you know, exactly what you said. That's, I think getting in touch is the hard part. Once you yeah. you land that, then it's like, okay, well, how do you like to, how do you like to mess? And then I, I'm a big fan of text later on down the funnel. Like once you built the rapport Absolutely. and you're in the trust, yep. getting straight to text. I mean, especially if the doc is signed out or something like that. And you you know you've kind of gotten into the friend zone on that uh, on that account, you know, earning the right to text. That's a that's a good medium. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree 100. What a great what a great conversation. I can't wait, wait to
1: read this book. I'm really glad you wrote it because I think it's necessary, um, for where we are right now. So congratulations, and and I'm looking forward to to diving into it. And and by the way, also uh, thanks to Outreach for sponsoring the uh, upcoming Outbound Conference, which is going to be. Fantastic! I hope we see you there, right? Oh, I'll be well, there. He has to be there. He's actually He's a speaking. marketing guy forever. <laughs> <The key laughs> I'll be there. Oh man, Outbound is going to be fantastic, and uh, I'm looking forward to being there as well. And by the way, if you're listening and you haven't got your ticket to Outbound, oh my gosh, you know I, there are a few couple, few tickets left. But when you uh, when you register, enter the promo code Part One Hundred, and uh, Larry, it still works, right? You get a hundred dollars off your ticket. It still does because somebody used it the other day and sent me a message. Was fantastic. fantastic. I, I mean, this is going to be dynamite in uh, ideas and motivations. So you definitely want to be a part of, of outbound coming up at the end or, end of April and go to www.outboundconference.com and learn more about that. But uh, Max, man, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. Any words of wisdom as we land the plane here today? Go out and uh, read the book
2: (laughs) on Amazon. You got me on a sales show. I got to sell the book at the end. That's
1: good. Well, look at you um, communicating on a podcast platform. Yeah. So, you
2: you know, if you want to get in touch, LinkedIn is the best way to get in touch with me. So there you go. Uh, Find me on LinkedIn, connect with me uh, or follow me, shoot me a note. And then, uh, yeah, book coming out March 12th. Going to be really great on all things um, engaging with your uh, prospect, buyer, customer. It's called sales engagement. Um,
1: look it up. Check Fantastic. It well, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for joining us this week. As always, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep bringing real value. Communicate with your clients and prospects the way they want to be communicated with. And most of all, sell from the heart.
0: Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the Salescast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.